Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Hey, Jonathan. Return home. Along with my best friends, Buddy and Amy, I found that larger forces were at play. I was a pawn for the Society of Shadows in their fight against the coming darkness. Serve the shadows! So far, our encounters with the problems of Melancholy Falls have been less than normal. However, things began to get out of hand after we discovered a collection of rare and exotic artifacts in the Robina Mansion. Well, at the very least, Mrs. Robina has an eclectic taste in collectibles. We don't know what comes next, but we do know that we're in this together. Seriously, we just became an episode of Scooby-Doo. It is now time to return home. After another mostly sleepless night, I'd found myself roused by the banging and rustling of moving furniture. Confused and not fully awake, I wandered from the couch that I had laid temporary claim to to find Buddy in the foyer. He was dragging an ornate and out-of-place coat rack from one side of the hall to the other. The small table that had been against one wall was now on the other side of the room, and a thick, expensive-looking rug was now on the floor. Oh, Buddy! What are you doing, dude? Just a bit of redecorating. Oh, good morning. Sorry, I was trying to keep it down. Uh, no, don't worry. It wasn't you. I just couldn't sleep again. How typical, right? Yeah, you do look pretty awful. No, thanks, smartass. Where'd all this stuff come from? Oh, you know, here and there. Look, new coffee mug. He thrust an ornate-looking glass jar into my hands before busying himself with adjusting the angle of the coat rack. However, I knew him well enough to know when he was avoiding a question. (laughs) Buddy? (laughs) Oh, look at that! It's the door! Oh, yeah, thanks. I actually figured that part out. Buddy pushed aside a box filled with more trinkets that I hadn't even noticed at first to open the door to allow Amy inside. Good morning, guys. Hey, what are you doing here? Well, Buddy called me to try to get a feminine perspective on things. You know, a certain someone he wants to impress. But I can't believe he actually- Yes, well, what do you think? Buddy, where did you get all of this stuff? It's too early for this. I I need to get some coffee. Well, funny story, actually. I mean, think about it. Like, Karl Marx, you know? We don't really want to be slaves to ownership and- Dude. Fine. I took it, okay? I mean, we're the ones doing all the work for them. I was just looking for some information and found this whole pile of stuff from Kaylin Rabina's house. You know she was married to the spirit of greed? Oh, oh, I I bet that's what happened anyway. The spirit of greed possessed me. Amy and I just looked at him. Me in confusion and Amy in dismay. Just think of these as damages paid for my car. Wait, 
Are you saying that you took this stuff from the Society of Shadows? Come on, they're hoarding enough stuff already. Plus, you broke my last coffee mug. I haven't been sleeping well. And I thought this little throw rug would really tie the room together. And look, now there's something to hang your coats up on. And I've got these awesome old handcuffs. Buddy gestured at the entryway to show off the thick Persian rug that I had noticed earlier and a lion-headed coat rack that seemed to watch us from every angle. From one of the pegs hung a pair of antique shackles. Please, stop before you get to the whips and gags. And that's not even a mug. It's an aesthetic. Whatever, I I just need coffee. At least wash the spirit of greed off that thing first. I carried the delicate bottle to Buddy's overflowing sink, realizing that maybe I had been the best house guest. After all, Buddy had kindly opened his home to me, and at least half the dishes we left behind to soak had to be mine. I grabbed a sponge, some soap, and twisted the bottle open to clean it. I really should have expected something to happen, but I was taken completely by surprise when a gust of fire whooshed out of the bottle and something like lightning began to flash around the kitchen. Johnny, what did you do? Be careful! Ready to tell Buddy that I really had no control over the situation, I stopped when I realized the lightning had caught some leftover toast on fire. Buddy rushed to throw it in the sink, but I pulled him away from the thing that was suddenly taking form in front of us. The fire it emitted was contained to a small area, and calling it fire was really a guess at best. It was a blue-white color, but I didn't feel heat coming off of it that I would ordinarily expect from a fire. Though it didn't seem to be shining that brightly, the light in the rest of the room suddenly seemed dimmer. Or maybe there was something about the figure that wouldn't let you take your gaze off of it. As the three of us continued to watch, the fire, or whatever it was, swirled around itself and glowed brighter still, expanding to be almost as tall as the kitchen ceiling. Seriously? What is that? With a final flash of light and a sound like thunder that resonated in my chest, the swirling stopped. Before us stood a mostly humanish figure. He was taller than anyone I'd ever met, and his skin glowed with writhing tattoos. I wasn't sure if they were a pattern or some sort of ancient language that I didn't recognize. His eyes were black, the kind of black that sucks all the light into it and refuses to reflect any back. Why do you not bow before me? Were we supposed to do that? Do we bow? We don't even know who this is. Yeah, but he looks pretty powerful. Cease your prattling! You show me no respect. You shall face my wrath! So, the usual plan? Um, yeah, usual plan. What's the usual plan? Run! The three of us collided as we all started for the door leading to Buddy's backyard. In the moment it took to collect ourselves, the fire creature was before us. This way, hurry! Buddy grabbed one of my arms and began pulling me back toward the hallway. I grabbed Amy by the wrist and dragged her with us. The three of us had barely cleared the kitchen when whatever that thing was came crashing through the wall. Oh, come on. I just repainted this place like four years ago. Dude, come on! Right, right. We're running! We dashed into the living room, followed by more sounds of destruction. Glancing at each other, we rushed into Buddy's bedroom. Amy and I slammed the door shut, and Buddy and I quickly moved to push things in front of it. Think that'll work? That's a no! The creature, though it didn't seem to be much bigger than a man now, easily stepped over the chaos and wreckage that was Buddy's room to stand before us. Who has summoned me? Wait a second. This is all coming back to me. You know my near-encyclopedic knowledge of I Dream of Genie? For what great and terrible purpose do you beg for my aid? Is this really the time to be talking about Barbara Eden? It's a gin. A what? A gin. You know, like, 
A genie? Oh, of course. Out of everything in that cave, you just had to take the bottle that contains the angry genie, didn't you? Genie is an offensive term. Hey, man, you followed mysterious phone calls, fought mysterious bunnies, and dealt with mysterious shadow figures. You don't get to talk. Seriously, dude? Is no one even listening to me? My bad. Wait, I'm still not totally clear on who this guy is. I already told you. I think he's a genie. Like, let me grant you three wishes, but no wishing for a million more wishes, genie? Hope so. I don't know. He doesn't look like anything out of Aladdin or Kazam. Maybe Kazam. Though the djinn looked like a man, there was something in his stance that showed his true nature and his very impressive strength. Aside from his glowing tattoos and pitch black eyes, of course. I am no genie. I am not a servant of man. I am a god trapped by my selfish siblings. I am a creature of smokeless flame. I am a descendant of shaitan. I am a deity Okay, wait, but before you go on, we just have to tell you that this was a big mistake. We didn't even know you were in there. We didn't know you existed. Someone should have labeled that bottle Plasma Genie. Ahem. Um, Plasma Gin inside. Not that it's not great to have you here. Oh, uh, of course. You are absolutely more than welcome. Need I remind you that this is my house, you know? Amy and I glared at him. With a dramatic sigh and rolling of his eyes, Buddy relented. <sighs> Fine. Can I get you some coffee or waffles or something? Do you even eat, dude? Uh,. What was your name again? Hearing my true name spoken aloud would cause blood to run forth from your ears, and you would die a screaming horrific death. So, like a nickname then? The djinn glared at Buddy. Tendrils of smoke swirled up from his hands, which were clenched into fists. Is there a way we should be addressing you? A title or something? Some know me as Abu Hassan Zoba al Abiyad. A you may call me Hassan. Hassan, great, good to meet you. Love the name Hassan. Buddy grabbed a glass of water and a piece of toast that were still sitting by his bed and started toward Hassan. How about some breakfast? Hassan unexpectedly hissed like a cat. Buddy yelped as the breakfast in his hands disintegrated into blue flames. You could have just said you preferred pancakes. Buddy! Is there something we can do for you? I mean, we kind of broke your home, and that was that's definitely our bad. <laughs> you have not broken my home. You have released me from my bonds. We what now? Oh, great. Since I was summoned and I can no longer sense my brother, he is vanquished and I, I am... I am unchained. I am boundless. I can reclaim my former glory. Before my other siblings arrive, I can restore my standing. This is so not good. You foolish mortals. You have called upon a god, and yet you are mere insects. I can crush you all with a snap of my Ooh, fingers. It's been a while since I've had these. Hassan seemed to forget us for a moment as he admired his form. I moved slowly to where Amy and Buddy were standing against one of the remaining walls, trying to stay between them and the djinn, and trying to figure out an escape route. Hassan caught me inching toward them, and turned his attention back to us. Enough of this! I shall admire my form later. Now you shall die! Wait, what? Hassan waved his hands dramatically. I braced myself, still trying to keep Amy and Buddy out of the line of fire, but after a moment, nothing happened. Hassan looked confused and made the motion again. But again, nothing happened. Why? Why is this? So that's a no on the smiting then? Hassan glared at us, specifically at Buddy. It is no matter. 
Once I have regained my power, your corporeality will be no hindrance to my vengeance. I have been freed, and my siblings are not here to capture me again. I will be under no one's command but my own. You should not have called me into being, and you should not have threatened me! When did we threaten you? Hassan glared at us one last time, and then swept back out through the rubble. We all stayed pressed against the wall for a moment, waiting for him to disappear from our sight. Buddy was the first to come out of the spell that seemed to have taken over us all. So, what the hell just happened? Did that angry evil genie just yell at us and say he was going to get vengeance? Don't say genie. It's offensive. Well, where's he going? That's a good question. Shouldn't we, like... Follow him? And do what? I don't know, stop him from enacting vengeance on the town? With what? Uh, Johnny, you got any other magic secret trinkets that might come in handy? Um, no, not not that I can think of. Do you? Not that I can think of, not everything I got from- Buddy snapped his fingers, looking elated. That's it! The Society of Shadows. What about them? They seem to know everything that's going on here. They could probably help. I'm not so sure. I don't trust those guys. Well, neither do I, but we just accidentally set an angry genie loose on Melancholy Falls. We've got to do something. Don't say genie. It's offensive. But that is exactly what the Society of Shadows would tell us to do anyway. They're just using us to solve their problems. I mean, they dragged Johnny all the way back here in the first place. If we ask him for help... They'll use it as leverage and still just tell us to go deal with it. Maybe to you guys, the Society of Shadows is all, Oh, go solve this problem for us, Jonathan Barker. Definitely not Buddy. So you're pissed they're leaving you out? Well, yeah. But come on, we don't have any idea how to stop this guy. At least we could use a head start or something. It's just going to come with strings attached, Buddy. Really long, tangled, prickly strings. Johnny, what do you think? I looked between the two of them. Amy was right. So far, the Society of Shadows just dragged me along, barely offering any sort of help. But Buddy was right too. This djinn, though not able to kill us, was still really strong. And angry. Very angry. Johnny, come on. We have no idea what we're doing. But the Society of Shadows still has your mom. What are they going to do to her if they find out we made things even worse? While both of them looked at me imploringly, Amy had just nailed it. The Society had my mom. I couldn't risk anything happening to her. Well? We'll just go after him on our own. Seriously? We've faced worse, buddy. And Amy's right. Have we, though? And how is your mom going to be any better if that thing makes the whole town go kablooey? We have to at least try. And there's no way we're going to let that happen. I know we can do this. We've been fine so far. Fine. It looks like you two have everything sorted out. Again. No reason to listen to me. The voice of reason... Not like I'm the one who always is here. Buddy glared at us both and began carefully picking his way over the destroyed furniture. Before leaving the room, he stopped and looked at us. And don't forget, you guys both ran away. This town survived just fine on our own without you. Maybe we don't need you to. Maybe you're the reason all this stuff is happening anyway. Buddy let that thought hang in the air a moment before he walked off. Amy and I just looked at each other. She almost looked guilty, as if she thought Buddy might be right. That this somehow might be our fault. Johnny, are you- I'm fine. Okay. Where do you think Hassan went? I don't know, but with someone that angry, I don't think he's going to be that hard to find.
Return Home, Episode 13, Genie. You just listened to Part 1 of 3. It was written by Maya Brown-Jackson and produced by Andrew Taylor and Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Alyssa Ritorno, BJ Grip, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show and find Return Home merchandise by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast, on Twitter at returnhomeshow, and on Tumblr at returnhomepodcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a review on iTunes or contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash returnhomepodcast. Questions? Comments? Want something from the Robinas collection for yourself? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>